One of the humbling moments in parenthood, (laughs) we've all had it, that moment when you see your son or daughter, just a little one, right? And you hear a word that comes out of their mouth or an attitude displayed, and and you sort of down deep realize, that's me. Uh, You see a bit of yourself in your children. Uh, That can hurt a little bit, can it? How How do you handle that? You know, our kids catch more from watching us than they do from the words that we speak. And uh, we're going to process this today here at the Intentional Living Center and really make sense out about, about how we parent in such a way as intentional parents to help our kids become what and who God intends for them to be. Uh, having raised three kids, I could we could tell stories here for a long time. You, you see your sons or your daughter and you see an attitude or you hear a word out of their mouth or... And even an inflection in a word, have you ever noticed you can hear that between father and son and, and daughter and mom sometimes, uh, which is a quaint thing until all of a sudden, where did they get that word? How many times have you heard that? You've seen, you've seen a, a kid say something, he never talks like that. You know, where did he hear that? Hello, dad or mom. Uh, our kids, our grandkids, they catch the things uh, from us, from our mouth, from our attitude more than they do all the the words that we speak and the messages that we preach. And so today, tell you what, how, I want to ask the question here at the Intentional Living Center. Come on in, friends. Let's talk about this. How are you being intentional to curb behaviors in your children that you don't want your children to imitate? I'm talking about maybe your own things. How are you curbing your own things? And how are you dealing with your words, your attitude, and so on? Because you, you, realize, you don't realize it until the kids come along that you're passing along. Or how are you being intentional to exemplify the kind of behaviors and attitudes that you want your children to imitate? That's intentional parenting. You know, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.11, you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. And if we go to the primary source, you see throughout the New Testament that Jesus basically uh, was speaking to us, do as I do and be as I am. I mean, that's basically what he tells us, right? And uh, he's an example. He spent three years with his disciples living out before them how to live their lives intentionally, uh, demonstrating, and uh, they caught it, not only in their heart, but they caught it in in their daily actions. So today we open the phone lines, 888-888-1717, for parents, grandparents who want to just sort of honestly say, hey, here's what I've had to deal with, here's what I've seen, maybe you have a funny story uh, that you want to share and, and how that affected you. Maybe you had a moment where you said, oh, I remember that moment, and as a result of that, I made some changes in how I parent. Let's talk. We're being intentional about this thing today. 888-888-1717. Cheryl called from Arizona with a question. Welcome to the program. How can I help you today, Cheryl? Hi, Dr. Carlson. The situation that comes up quite often is I tell my kids to do something, and they respond, yes, Mom, but then there's no action that follows those words. So I repeat it again, and this time remind them of the consequence, and they say, yes, Mom, but there's still no action. So after going around in circles like this a few times, I end up getting frustrated and start yelling. Then they respond. Why do they wait for it to get to that point? What can I do to change this? Yeah, you've thought about that. You have it all kind of written out, I think, even the way the way you shared it. You know, everybody's speaking to you on the radio right now, Cheryl. They're saying, don't count the 10 and don't repeat yourself four times. Follow through. If there's uh, no action and you have reasonably set out some consequences and you don't follow through, and I think you said you went around and around, eventually kids know you're not serious until you start yelling. 
You're, and by the way, sure, you're not alone. We we had a we had a call on our comment line uh, from I think it was Carmen, who's a grandmother, and uh, I think she sort of relates to what you're talking about. So I want you just to take a listen to her for a moment. Hi, I just want to praise God right now because I am a grandmother who has taken custody of a 12-year-old granddaughter, which is my son. And for the past year and a half, I found myself in the last three months yelling. And I have been praying to God to help me to stop yelling because she is given to me because she came from an abusive mom. And here I am yelling at her. And she's so sweet. She doesn't yell back at me. She doesn't get upset with me. She just says, okay, okay. I am so ashamed of myself, but I praise God and I thank Him because right now I am listening to this program and I thank you because God speaks and He uses people and I praise Him and I thank you so much for everything that I am hearing today. Mm, You know, Thank you. We are responsible for our behavior. Uh, We're responsible for the words that we use and for our attitude. It's one of the laws of intentional living uh, that we're 100% responsible. I think the moment we, come on parents and grandparents, the moment we say, hey, I'm responsible, how I act, the words that I use, my attitude, because my kids are catching it. And over the years, I've seen that with my own kids. You've seen behaviors that come out that you like. You know, when the kids do something great, it's easy as a parent to say, hey, that's my kid, you know, <laughs> that's my kid. But when they do something not so great, it's like, uh, whose kid is that anyway, you know? Uh, where did that come from? And not always, but many times we do see our own worldview, our own attitudes, and our words coming out. Um, and so really preparing, I think, and being prepared in advance is a powerful thing. To be intentional with as a parent, you've got to have a plan, and that that made me think about a a caller, uh, one of our uh, women who called the program and left a comment. I think she kind of lays it out for for you, Cheryl, uh, in terms of what do you do if you got uh, this problem of yelling. Take a listen to what she said. Hi, Dr. Randy. Um, coming from somebody who's been a mother, and I'm still a mother of a nine and eleven year old or twelve year old. I have found that the way to handle not yelling is to have a plan of how you're going to react when things don't go your way or when things don't, your, your ch- children don't respond in the way that you want them to. Have a plan. Be proactive. And what I found myself doing is saying, okay, if my son does this, this is how I'm going to react. And if my son does that, then great. This is what my plan was. But more than likely, at least I'm ready, and I'm ready to respond in the right way. Practice it out. Kind of role play with your spouse. And then this way, you won't yell. You'll be ready, and you're going to react in a godly way. That's good. And that's great advice. Thank you for that call. We're going to take a break. In a moment, come back. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, perhaps today you think about, you're looking at your kids, your grandkids, and you see yourself and maybe a behavior or two or an attitude you had to work on um, as something's come out of their life that you realize is really coming out of your life originally. What is it, and how have you, how have you dealt with that intentionally? Or what is it uh, that being intentional that you're trying to exemplify for your kids? What are some intentional things you're doing, behaviors and attitudes, that you want your kids to imitate? And uh, you're, you're being intentional in the process. Give us a call. Let's talk. 888 17 17. You're listening to Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. 
Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of listeners just like you. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. to tell Dr. Randy how my husband and I are choosing to be intentional parents. We are not teaching our daughter that happiness is paramount. We actually are teaching her to be a decision maker and to be a faith-based decision maker um, based on principle and we're really focusing on right and wrong as opposed to do what makes you happy. So we are teaching her that happiness will be there. It's not something you will have to pursue if you're a faith-based decision maker. So thank you, Dr. Randy, for reminding us all to be intentional and uh, sharing the benefits of, of other people's intentional living with us. Thank you very much. You know, I'll tell you why that works, and by the way, it does. It's because if the value that we have in our life, we say that our value is to follow Christ and be a Christian, and if we truly mean that, we're not going to find happiness when we don't do it. There's a dissonance that develops uh, you know, in our life when that happens. And so when we're a follower of Christ and the deeper we go in terms of making that how we make our decisions and following what Scripture teaches, we're going to be happier. doesn't mean we're going to be less problems because we're going to have problems in life. But it could be that you have less issues. At least you'll have less issues of our own stupidity. Come on, talk to me about, about how that can happen, right? And it happens often when we get off track and try to make decisions or do things that are contrary to what we know Scripture teaches in our life. So that's a great reminder today. By the way, I just want to say thanks to each of you all across uh, the network, from our home base, uh, the Family Life Radio Center and, and stations, and across the station's affiliates, uh, how much we appreciate and respect and certainly honor what you all do as radio stations. And I always ask our listeners to be praying for you and continuing to support the radio because without you, we couldn't be here. And of course, those of you listening on podcasts, thanking you as well. And for those of you who've been praying for us and standing with us, God bless you. We appreciate it. You're making a difference in the ministry. Today, we're talking about kids, of course, and the fact that kids catch from us how we live more than what we teach. In fact, there's nothing worse than growing up and saying, my dad or mom, they were phonies. Uh, they said one thing, but did something else. When we are intentional in our own life, it radically changes the credibility and authority we have, frankly, in our families. God has a unique plan for our children, despite us, which I'm thankful for. Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson with another Intentional Living Minute. Abraham had two sons. One was named Isaac, the other Ishmael. And when Sarah demanded that her maidservant Hagar's and Abraham's son Ishmael leave the camp, the story sort of fell over. Yet, as God so often does, the story was only beginning. It says in Scripture that God spoke up and said, I will turn the son of the maidservant into a nation also. God writes the story of our lives through His grace. Don't write off your children too soon. Or maybe you grew up in a home where your parents didn't encourage you, didn't prepare you for the future. God has something very special for you. The story of your life is not over, even though your parents didn't help write the story for you. Live your life intentionally today. Visit us at theintentionallife.com. All right, today we're talking about being intentional 
with our kids, because let's face it, our kids um, are great recorders. They pick up everything. It's like a sponge. They're watching constantly. You know that, and I know that. You can see it. You can see how they're picking up our attitudes, the words that we speak, how we speak to each other in our marriage, if we're married, um, our attitude toward the uh, other people. But the problem, here's the problem with kids. Kids are great like sponges. They record everything, but they are terrible interpreters. They can't figure it all out. They, you know, you don't have a five-year-old saying, well, you know, mom's just having a bad day today. And I think that's really, I'm going to give her a break. I'm, I'm going to cut her a break because she wouldn't normally have said something like that, you know. Uh, so I'm going to cut her some slack because I love her and I know generally she's a pretty good mom. Come on now, that's not what kids do. Kids are constantly picking up, recording what we're doing, and they're interpreting it in their own way, and they're terrible at it. Uh, They either feel sometimes rejected or feel loved and accepted, or they feel that's the way the world works, or or I'm, I'm to be quiet and back off and not express myself. And so while no parent can be perfect, to be aware of the fact that how we behave and our attitude does impact our kids should bring us to the level of mindfulness, level of mindfulness in terms of what we're saying and how we're saying it, to be aware of it and, be, and to be brave enough, strong enough, and uh, as, a, as a believer, willing to go to your children when you've blown it and say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Modeling is really what we're talking about. Modeling for our kids what God's intention is for them as they grow into adulthood. And so uh, you're welcome to come and join us as we're talking about how do we model that. Maybe you've got a story you can share. It was a wake-up moment. Can you think of a wake-up moment in your own life, something you saw in your kids that said, wow, that's gotta, that comes back on me, and I need to work on that in my life? Or how have you turned some of your behavior and your attitude in a direction to help your children uh, begin to imitate the things that really make a difference in a positive way? 888 is the number, and we'll get you on the air. Tom has uh, called from Illinois with a question today. Welcome to the program. How can I help you, Tom? Hey, Randy. Just a, a kind of a comment and a question. Uh, my wife and I learned that our fighting, when we yelled at one another, that affected our kids. And the question I have is, how can we go back and help them to realize that the way mom and dad did things was not right? They're both out of the home now. They're one's at college, one's living on his own. And we, we see the effects of the way we fought with one another in front of them. And we are Christians. Made it tough. We're just looking for the, the, the right way to make things better. Mm. Well, Tom, you're talking about regrets. And I, I can't think of any parent or grandparent that has been around for a number of years and raised kids or grandkids that don't have moments of regrets. I think in my own home, you know, I'm out teaching on parenting and how to be an intentional parent and using logical, natural consequences, and then would catch myself reacting, maybe yelling when I didn't need to or shouldn't have or over-responding or lacking response. And I look back over the years and think, oh, man, I should have done this. I could have done this. Why didn't I do that? And there's a point where Satan will use that should-haves, could-haves, why didn't I, to drag me down or drag you down in terms of being the kind of grandparent or parent you need to be now. And so to be brave enough when you've blown it to just say, hey, you know, you, you kids are all growing up now, you're on your own, and if I were going back and could do this all over again, there are two or three things I'd do differently. I want to just tell you what they are. And I don't know what they are for you. Are they being more patient or not overreacting? And to be brave enough to say, will you forgive me? Because I, my heart is such that I don't want you to take 
from what you experience from me and see it repeated into the next generation. I know it puts a burden on you, but I want you to know that I'm supporting you, love you, and I know with God's help, those are some things that uh, don't need to go to the next generation. They can stop right here. But I'll tell you what, you got to watch out uh, for how regrets can get you into trouble. In fact, we, we had a call from Charlene in Arizona who had a comment about this and how, as a 70-year-old, uh, regrets are really affecting her today. I want you to hear it. I'll comment more. I am 70 years old. I have raised three children, and I raised them, dealing with them, instead of working on relationships. I today have a wonderful family, but I do not have a good relationship with those uh, three children, and I regret it very much. If there's anything your listeners can do uh, to develop relationship when they're young, I suggest they do it. I'm developing a relationship now with grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Yeah, I think that's... I think that's part of God's grace to allow us to live long enough <laughs> to be a grandparent. Uh, as a grandparent, we approach things in a different way than we did as parents. It's just part of the process. Uh, I think of Josh McDowell. Uh, Josh McDowell, I was at a conference speaking, and he was speaking there as well. And he made, a, he made a statement. I've heard it repeated many times since by many people, but I originally heard it from Josh. And he said, a rule without a relationship will always create rebellion. And I thought, wow, that, that's pretty true. That's good. That's good. That's good counsel. It's good teaching. If you're a rule-based home where it's all about rules and regulations, following the plan, and you don't have a relationship that supports that, it's going to naturally create rebellion. Now, I went on and created my own little formula. I said, you know what, though? You can have relationship without rules, right? And I've seen parents like that. There's so much emphasis on relationship, there's no rules, and that can create chaos. And so it's the balance between these two, having reasonable rules and a great solid relationship uh, that I think is, a, is something to shoot for. And we're talking about modeling for our kids, there you go. Have reasonable rules, rules that are right, rules that are consistent, rules, not a bunch of them. You know, if you've got 25 rules in your home, maybe there's too many. But there should be a few rules. We respect each other. We support each other. We're a family. I used to tell my kids, remember when you go out, you're a Carlson? You know, whatever that means to you, you're a Carlson. And I think setting those expectations in a way that are reasonable uh, and clear for your kids is a positive thing. It's part of the process uh, of being intentional. Come on and join us, 888-888-1717, talking parenting today. Andrea's on the line. Hi, Andrea. Hello. Appreciate your call. What's your comment? Um, I was just wanting to comment about uh, the the person that called in earlier about with the yelling at the kids, yes. telling them to do something, and then they don't listen, don't listen, and then you end up yelling. Um, my husband and I are foster parents, so we deal with um, children that have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of issues and um so one thing that we did, we took a class on love and logic, mm-hmm. and it changed our lives. It teaches you how to be calm and how to let your children know, um, basically, that you are the one in you know in control of not only your emotions and your feelings, but they're not gonna 
get you to the point of yelling because um, sometimes children do that to get, um, you know, to get their their needs, their attention, sure. whatever they need. Yeah. Um, and the love and logic just really teaches you how to be in control and not let the kids control you. Well, and, that's what um, kids have. I mean, they're either trying to get your attention or they're trying to establish a power base, which I'll make you do mm-hmm. what I want you to do. So give right. an example, Andrea. Let's say you've got a child, five-year-old coming, and, and they're try- they're baiting you. They're coming after you. They're pushing all those buttons that get mom to, to either yell or, or get you know, too reactive. What specifically did you do or do you do at that moment that you've learned that works? Um, there's key phrases. Uh, you know, if you have a child that wants to argue with you and is, you know, just arguing, arguing, you just keep saying over and over, I love you too much to argue. I love you too much to argue. And then, you know, just let them know you're not going to fight back with them. And eventually they give up because you love them too much to argue. And they know they're not going to get what they want. Well, that's it. They're not getting to see what happens is when the child wants to argue and you argue with them, they got exactly what they wanted. Mm-hmm. They, you do know how much power that is for a little five-year-old to be able to get a mom to argue with, with him? Uh, and so this idea of love and logic, or we talk about natural consequences, logical natural consequences, what you're doing is you're sidestepping it. You're getting out of the way of that power as it's coming at you, and you're approaching it in a very intentional way, uh, which which is a good thing to do. Now, I know this Love and Logic series, it's held at different churches around the country, isn't it? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. The first class we took um, was probably about 10 years ago, and it was through our church. Um, and, yeah, it changed our lives. That's good. Well, it's a good reminder that there are programs and things available. We talk about intentional living. We use logical and natural consequences. We talk about raising a responsible adult parallel with what you just heard uh, is when you've got a powerful child and you get in the way of that power, they're going to suck you in. And when they suck you in, you find out you're a five-year-old all over again. That's how you feel. And then you feel guilty and then all that, that vicious cycle. So... A lot of love, using a lot of logic, and we talk about natural and uh, consequences as well, and logical consequences. All right, more on parenting today, in particular how our kids mimic who we are. And you know what? If you're an angry, here's what we've seen, angry children often have angry parents. It comes from that, it flows out of that. Uh, It's just part of the process, and that's why we tell parents to, what do we say, pair it up? Power down, right? Parent up, power down. That's the process. All right, more in a moment. You can join us, 888 as we continue our discussion. What have you learned that's uh, helped you as a parent, or what question do you have for me today? Let's talk. The one thing challenge is set up so beautifully because everything was right in order. When I needed the encouragement, it was there. When I needed the strength, it was there. When I needed the, you know, hang on, you're you're getting there, you know, it was just, it was so perfect. It, everything is set up so wonderful. And so by the time I got to 30 days, which flew by, really, and before I knew it, I had done it, and I felt good. I felt like I had actually achieved something, and my husband saw the change and he was excited and so then he wanted to learn more and for there to be free resources out there for those of us who don't have a lot of extra money it really was a blessing to be able to find it and I'm ready to give back I was so blessed by it I told my husband I said we have got to contribute to this ministry it's been a really really great experience 
Well, listen, we appreciate it. Uh, God bless you for taking time to share your story with us. And then, of course, uh, financially and prayer-wise, support the ministry. It means a lot. And you were talking about the power of one thing. And at our Intentional Love Marriage Date Night, that's going to be a heavy emphasis. Every one of our date night, uh, we talk about the power of one thing for our marriage. Asking the question throughout the evening, what one thing could we do from what we're talking about that would make a difference in our marriage when it comes to our communication or solving problems or setting goals or dealing with our expectations? And what one thing could we do that make the single biggest difference? And so when we have an intentional love marriage date night, like the one on the weekend, sold out two weeks ago because we know people are coming to be encouraged in Albuquerque and across New Mexico because, like all of us, we're in a confused world today and uh, we want to grow in our relationship and we want to be closer to Christ. And some of the obvious things that we teach at a conference, we, we take it a little bit deeper to say, okay, what one thing can you do as a result of what you just heard that would make a difference in your life? And we see about 70 or 80% of people standing up and saying, I'll take that on for 30 days. You just heard an example of a testimony, a life change by doing the next right one thing. So it's always exciting to hear the hundreds of stories from people who are saying, my life's been changed as a result of choosing to be intentional in my walk with Christ. Hey, um, I listen to this program every day after school with my dad as we go home. And I really appreciate what you say. It's like, I, I just really enjoy it. So I just want to say God bless you and this ministry and Thank you a lot. Bye. Hey, man, that's pretty special. When dad and daughter listening and communicating, that might be something you all want to do. I know when we listen to radio or podcast, often we do it alone, right? But maybe you say, hey, just take a piece of a show that you've heard or something that's been said or a caller that's come in and just take it and say, hey, it's archived. I can listen to it again and share it with your family or with your kids and say, what do you think about that? Talk about it. We're always looking for starters to go into communication with our kids, to shut off the social media and talk as a family. And uh, that's one of the things maybe you could try uh, that would make a difference because we get so many fascinating calls and stories here at Intentional Living uh, that are helping. Now, today we've been talking about this thing of the fact that kids catch how we live more than what we say. Well, we got to teach, obviously. Scripture tells us we should be teaching our children, but if we don't walk the walk in terms of how we choose to live, we say one thing and do something different. Um, We should be willing to say we're sorry and apologize, but also recognize that kids are learning every day. I mean, they're great absorbers. One of my pastors when we were younger made this statement, uh, in fact, with Roger Barrier, was our pastor at the time, and I can still remember the message where he said, hey, kids are like sponges. They hear everything, but sometimes they don't fully know how to interpret it. And that's one of the things that we can do is making sure that our kids are clearly understanding what we mean, what our values are, and what the Scripture teaches. And that's part of it. And so not only teaching, but making sure that they're catching it in how we choose to live. Love to hear your feedback on today. Your comments are always welcome at 888-888-1717. And if it's during business hours, you can press number two and talk to one of our staff. Uh, in order to stand in support of the ministry, and we appreciate that a whole lot. Anytime, of course, uh, you're welcome to go to theintentionallife.com. That's theintentionallife.com. And uh, your, your prayers and your support are making a huge difference. 
So again, looking forward to a great evening uh, with our Intentional Love Marriage Date Night all across New Mexico, coming to Albuquerque, sold out. Come early to get your seats. Looking forward to seeing you for the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night.